Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Adloyd. And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created The The Weirdos Weirdos Book Club. Join us! A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram at Sarah and Carriad's Weirdos Book Club for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along and share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank, Thank you for reading with us. We, we like reading with you. This week's book guest is Fresh Water by Akweke Ameze. It follows the story of Ada, born in Nigeria, who goes on to study in America and their realisation that they have spirits living in their subconscious and her simultaneous love-hate relationship with her internal life. Why is it in the Weirdos Book Club? Freshwater is a poetic and lyrical tale about accepting all the different versions of ourselves. And it's like nothing else you've ever read. Trigger warning, this book contains reference to suicide, self-harm, sexual abuse and rape. This week we are joined by the incredible comedian and writer Sophie Duker. She's a star of Taskmaster, Live at the Apollo, 8 out of 10 cats and a high priestess of a sexy cult. We're very excited she's agreed to become a weirdo with us. Thank you so much for coming to talk about this book. I'm so excited to talk about it. Me too. I I think you'll be the first people that I've spoken to about it. I would would be really wary of bringing this book up. This would be one of the the books where I would have a fear about one of those men coming over going, what are you reading? Oh, God. Okay, where do I start? (laughs) Spirit meets flesh. Okay, sit down. (laughs) Yeah. You need to open your mind right now. In we, as you heard earlier in the podcast, we have to sum up briefly what the book is about, oh, wow. and that was very difficult to write because I feel like even You're though like rom com, yeah, <laughs> a really fun romp, um, even though it's not a heavy tome, it packs a lot. It's a lot of stuff is happening in this book, and we normally start by saying so it's about, but yeah, well, uh, does anyone want to do it? <laughs> like, if, if I had to, yeah, if I had to, go for it. You do. I would talk about, as I say, it's a, a book about how an adult processes childhood trauma. Oh, interesting. Which is the story. But even that's not, oh, no, it's not, not enough, is it? It's, yeah. it's not enough. It's yeah. really hard to like, if you, ha- it's one of those books, most books we talk about, I feel like, oh, if you haven't read it, it doesn't matter. But this is like, there's a lot happening here. And it's utterly original. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh my goodness. In, yeah, I've never read anything like it. So it's ever. not like you can go, oh, do you like Maeve Binchy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's about, this is interesting. It is about a person who is gendered as a girl. Uh, in interviews, Akweke has said she is not, but everyone else genders her as a girl. So I think we can start the story by saying she is born in Nigeria um, and lives there for a bit and then travels to America to study. 
and her experiences. Uh, although very early on, she realizes or feels or hears in her head that she is born of a spirit and she was an answer to her father's prayer that a god answered. <laughs> but the character of Ada, Ada, yes, sorry, isn't Ada. the person telling us this. No. So it's not a first person narrative. Yes. The majority of the story is being told by the, the incarnation. The spirits that live inside, inside? Her? Yeah. yeah yeah they sort of who, or um, who are her inhabit her body yeah yeah and she references a banjay which is an igbo word mm. that means a spirit child who is born repeatedly to the same parents taunting and torturing them with many reincarnations most abanjis die as children but ada survives into adulthood is one of the things i read yeah. off the internet yeah and it's supposed to be that if they die they come back to repunish the parents so it's a really cyclical so i guess it's it comes cycle. from maybe having a children a child die and then you might have another child that dies and someone would say this is an abanji spirit this is like yes. you're being tortured for a reason yeah and this character of ada what we hear is the spirits inside her saying she has survived but i feel like there are some spirits that are sort of like just around yes um and they recognize her and they speak to her but there are like other spirits that sort of embed themselves within her yeah and yes. like new spirits that are born that are born of her yeah at situations yes. yeah so we start with what's called we who are mm. kind of twins who have sort of left their brother sisters and the other side yes whereas the spirits are supposed to reside and they should have left they say they should have left at a before the birth, but they stayed. They've kind the of crossed were open. Yeah, they've crossed over, and now they're here within her. And everyone else thinks she is oh a normal girl, but they know inside. Yeah. From so the she beginning. she names them the we at yes. some point in the smoke and shadow. Yes, and um, but the explanation a few pages into the book about why Ada has these things going on mm. is that normally what happens is you have this. Sort of, you have the spiritual world and the flesh world, and they're the gates in between. So you're born and you sort of forget the spiritual world, yeah. and you live as a human. Whereas for poor Ada, yeah. <laughs> the gates weren't closed for whatever reason or purpose. And the spirits are angry about this <laughs> because they feel like she should come back to them. So she has a constant desire to sort of harm herself to try and get back via death to the spirits who are torturing her internally. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. In different moods and in different situations, different versions of that are expressed. Yes. We are told that she is both mad and sane. Yeah. At different points. We are told that there is anger and, and a wish to return. And then at other points we're told if we wanted her to return, we'd have her back. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do. Like she has to stay alive. And coming back to the trauma, we start with this these we and then there are traumatic events and other spirits arrive. So Ashugara turns yeah. up after a particularly sort of traumatic incident. Mm. And another spirit called St. Vincent comes in later, yeah. who seem to represent sort of parts of her, parts of their personality almost. But also they're also, that's too simplified a way of describing it because they're actually complete characters in themselves that live within Ada. But yeah. you can sort of, if you were applying really basic psychology, you could be like, oh, Asagara is this really controlling sexual force and that's kind of become her personality. But Asagara is such a good character that that doesn't seem like a fair sentence to put on her. I was thinking about Asagara and I was like, is Asagara like a womanly presence? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I've, I feel like um, the character that exists in Ada that I find really interesting is St. Vincent because mm. St. Vincent seems I to be Saint quite... Vincent. 
new. Yeah, yeah. Like quite like a newness and something that belongs to and is like sort of like docile and like serves Ada. But it's also described as masculine. Yes, as very as very masculine and sort of reminds Ada of like men that they have encountered. Mm. Like there's one bit when um, Ada says that they smell like Ewan, who's a man mm. that's very important to her. And it feels like St. Vincent is sort of constructed, like the need or like the ability to like hear St. Vincent is sort of like develops quite slowly and in a less sort of abrasive way. Because yes. Asagora sort of comes in and is like, I'm taking over. <laughs> yes, like yeah. a fireball, definitely. Yeah. So, so the point with Ashigara and St. Vincent, so there's a book from the 70s, which is based on what used to be called multiple personality disorder mm. and now is called disassociative identity disorder, although it's still sort of contested. And it's called um, Sybil by, by Flora Rita Schreiber. And it, they've made two films of it, but in the book, it's the psychologist interviewing the um, personalities, if you like, which is what they're called <clears throat> at the time. Yeah. So like in this book, you hear how Ishigara interprets a situation. Yeah. So while you're really aware of Ada and what Ada is going through, it is this other whole person's... Yeah, take on it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. They're fully fleshed characters. It's not like, oh, this is her feminine side. Like that is mm. re- so reductive, isn't it? It's like they are complete. Because Asagara doubts herself as well when she's doing things, but then decides, no, this is what Ada needs. We need to, f- to fuck this person. We yeah. need to have this experience. She's got this sort of revenge as justice. Yeah. Mm. It's like we were hurt. Yes. So other people's hurt doesn't matter. And her, incons- her logic is, is sometimes horrible. In that, she, to protect Ada, the things that she decides to do, I think as a reader, you you feel like that doesn't feel like what Ada needs. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't feel protective. And later on, there are hints, really beautifully placed, that it hurts a Shigara as yes, well. Yes, yes. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> if you followed us up to this point, congratulations. <laughs> It's one of those books that when someone says, oh, what's it about? It's taken us this long to explain it, but I don't want that to put anybody off or be like, oh, it sounds a lot because it doesn't feel like a lot. This is all introduced very gradually. And I think like most books which are not offering a kind of traditional linear voice or um, person-centred narrative, it takes a while to get into. I'd read one book by them before. Mm. And I think when it started off, I was like, okay, this is like the tale of like the mother and the father and their relationship sort of disintegrating the kids and I have a sort of brace yourself thing when I'm like am I gonna have to remember all these people's names (laughs) so I was just like okay uh, this relates to this Uh, and I think it is actually very easy like I think it's a really seductive way of writing and I think like some of the images that are conjured up even though something quite horrific happens really early on in Ada's childhood are sort of beautiful really beautiful and like being pulled into that world which is so like bright colours and like childlike and like sort of familiar Mm. feels really instinctive yeah uh and then it's almost a surprise when you're like okay we're we're growing up we're in america we're meeting all these people we're having like sexual Mm. liaisons we're like smoking we're drinking um so even though that's a kind of more um i guess relatable environment for most of the people reading the book i think you do get sort of lulled into just the sort of womb of the novel and then you can sort of be like yeah. birthed out like Ada into the world just sort of like okay I've yeah. got the basics yeah. laid, laid like a python's egg yes <laughs> I think at the beginning I was doing that thing of like trying to pin it down mm. so I was like well hang on who is this person and where are we and it's like one of those books you have to like just go with the flow of the river like once you just accept okay I don't actually need to know like exactly what's happening but 
I have a very clear sense, like you said, of the colour of where she was growing up and the siblings and the relationship. And even though it's we and their twins describing it who live inside her, I want you just kind of go, well, accept that. Sure. Sure. It, it's really, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It's just like, yeah, it took my brain a little while to go, stop trying to make this make sense. Well, this is what happens, what they call in psychology, like being Eurocentric. Is you, you, you read something that's some, uh, slightly uh, other or mm. unknown and you try to translate it back to what you understand. Mm. So that would be like me going, it's a book about multiple personality, yeah, dissociative yeah. personality, mm-hmm. because that's the area of information you're familiar with. So you're trying to impl- imp- impose rather than letting the book change you yeah. by telling you what it wants to. A quake said a really good quote, which I'd like to say because it really helped me after I read the book. There's a very deliberate choice to narrate the story from a different centre. There's a mainstream centre that would have let Ada narrate more of the book that would have framed things in language that people are comfortable with. My lens is different and it, the book, has a non-human centre. I really feel that as well. Like when you start the book, you're like, okay, I'm reading this traditional... You you expect to be reading a traditional narrative. Yeah. But I feel like Akweke doesn't even want to use... Uh, sort of traditional languages no. and structures to describe things because it's mm. like okay this is the main character's little sister but then they're described as like the amen to a prayer yeah. and then later in the book they're just described as the amen like the amen yeah. comes in yeah, and then it's like yeah. we're using new language to talk about everybody yeah. jesus yes. has a cameo oh, more than yes. a cameo yeah ishwa ishwa yeah. i loved ishwa <laughs> i really yeah, yeah. i just thought i loved that this book just has a moment where jesus slash ishwa as she calls him turns up, has a conversation mm. with all the spirits in her marble room, which, yeah. which take, is Ada's mind. Yeah. And that he is criticised and they kind of take the piss out of him, but he's not, he's not like flustered. But I just thought it was such an interesting like moment that we got taken away to kind of talk about Christianity and what it means versus these other much more like Igbo traditional gods. But there's this wonderful parallel because Jesus, if you believe in the literal story of Jesus, is... God made flesh, mm. which is the same as Adder. Yeah. And it was so shit the first time round. Why would he come back? I know, I love that. <laughs> like, I love that. Like, 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 people waiting for him to come back. It's like, do you not remember <laughs> what happened to <laughs> yeah. 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 And I liked, I guess, the, the petulance of him. Like, he oh, I loved that he wasn't hearing everyone's prayers. Yeah. But yeah. I thought he. I thought the character was really funny. So I want to read a bit. It said, um, she wanted to look away. We wanted to look away. This is the we talking. But Ishwa held her face tight. His breath felt like a thousand tiny cuts against our skin. We're gods, he reminded her. I don't have to be fair. When he pressed his mouth to her forehead, our bones boiled underneath. I just love that he, she made him, there's this whole thing the whole way through that gods shouldn't behave in a rational way. That gods and spirits, like why, like don't expect them to be human. Mm. Don't expect them to behave normally. Or, you know, inverted commas yes. normally. Well, there's that really um, affecting description early on about humans doing evil things, but it's gods coming into flesh yes. and enjoying what they do. And that's <coughs> that sort of justification of, because you do think there's a spectrum of human behaviour and that certain evils are outside it. And so using the spiritual world as an explanation, I mean, every culture has a version of that because it has to be an aberration. Yeah, They've been accused a bit of blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, have you, have you been tab. accusing them, Sophie? You were like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is pretty. Yeah. The, the existence of the Abanji and like the these other gods alongside Christianity mm. and 
like Christianity in no way being given this like sacred altar, like Adam really clings to, especially like in her teens and like young life to Christianity and to her virginity. And is really like sort of, I think Sagara talks about like, oh, she's in love with Ishwa. I'll, Mm. I'll let her have that. But they're all sort of given equal footing. And it reminds me of, I don't know if you've read this book or watched the series of like, any like Neil Gaiman's like a Nancy boys or yeah, like American yeah, gods yeah. and having these like concepts be like independent, violent, selfish beings all by themselves. I think like growing up like with West African um, heritage and parents and living in Ghana, this sort of um, everyone's Christian, like it's a respectable thing to be Christian, like Christians been imported, people grow up, believe in Christianity, but there still exist sacred beliefs. Like I, no, I knew when I was younger that people would be Christian, but that like if you went for a walk in the forest, there were bits that you couldn't walk through because they were sacred and like a juju man was there and people were still afraid of witches and like other and like sometimes those things just lie completely parallel. Yeah. With neither side really interrogating them. Sorry to go back to the interview, but it was really interesting <laughs> because there was another quote from them saying that when they were living in America and when they were diagnosed in kind of a Western psychological way, it was it didn't help them want to yes. live. And, you know, again, coming back to maybe what you were mm. saying of like, it's either you're sane or you're crazy. And then when they were looking at Igbo deities, it was like that was the first time that they were like, oh, now I don't feel crazy. I feel alive and human and connected rather than yeah. trying to place like yeah a western narrative on things or this is what's wrong with you and you can be cured and I think they do that in this book so well of containing all of these worlds like you said that Neil Gaiman thing of like everything is there it's all true at once at once yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so th- there's an interesting question I want to ask you both this book could be read as crypto autobiography does it matter when the author has experiences that are similar to a character mm. I, I wonder if sometimes we're too tempted to go, oh, they also had this happen or mm. and and should we just ignore that? I think in a way, and this is going to sound real wanky. <laughs> right. You went to I, Oxford. I haven't even mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. did English at Oxford. Oh, I'm English fully at- aware that she's talking to two Sussex English graduates so that we oh, definitely... Oh, Sussex. Wow. We were not given the I same amount clearing. of time. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> two hours of contact time a week right, versus... I'll speak, I'll speak very slowly. Um, <laughs> so this is a book. I'm making book uh, shapes in my hands. Yeah, but so, what about the people? What do the people want? <laughs> what does the worker need? Sorry, that's just what we were told. I think all books a kind of autobiography. Mm. Mm. Lovely sentence that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But I think it's, I read uh, the acknowledgements at the back Mm. of the book and they were talking about speaking to their sister about writing this book and how they were terrified of what they'd have to do. Mm. Maybe I'll read it out. Yes, it was good. Uh, They said, good acknowledgements. Yeah. uh, My little twin sister, for that time when I was freaking out about what I needed to believe in order to write this book, and you told me to treat it like I was a method actor to surrender. So I mm. went in and never came back out, which was perfect. Wow. Mm. And I think there are elements of the book which are obviously drawn from their experience, mm. like the textures and sounds of things and the references and the language. Um, and I think that they are definitely many people um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at once. Um, so that experience of being, even though I don't think Ada is them, I think there are times when Ada is spoken about and there's such an acknowledgement that Ada is weak or Ada Mm. needs support and Ada 
is bullied by the gods that are them and live within them that I think that without claiming to know what a Kweke feels about it, I feel like a Kweke very much feels like Ada is a fictionalized or much earlier version of themselves mm. and that they can like translate that experience. But I think that um, a Kweke's actual experience of their personhood, multiple peoplehood mm. is much more developed. I really try with, with books to practice from Sussex death of the author, you know, just, it's just the text but with this one, I just did not want to stop reading mm. articles they'd written. Well, <laughs> articles written about Some them. of us have copy and pasted a lot. We should shout out to Arifa Akbar, who did this interview, and we is basically here at the podcast right now. Can I read you what Akweke said? Please. Just because it is interesting. Yeah. Um, they said, in answer to a similar question, is, is this based on your personal experience? It's an autobiographical novel, a breath away from being a memoir. Oh, what a lovely way of phrasing oh, it. Gorgeous. There are chapters in there that are my journal entries, which I copied and pasted. Mm. There are a couple of things about writing it this way. First, the things that people think are fictionalised are not fictionalised. Second, I wanted to make clear it was autobiography. Otherwise, it would be considered to be very fantastical. I wanted readers to be sure that it was not magical realism or speculative fiction. It's what has actually happened. I'm using fiction as a filter for it. Wow. Mm. That's so good, isn't it? Because I, yeah. I did think, oh, it's kind of a bit magical. Really. It is kind of fantasy. And I think what's really chilling kind of hits you, doesn't it? Of Like, don't hide the trauma that she's actually talking about, mm. the sexual abuse, the rape, the self-harm, the horrible things that this person has experienced behind, oh, it's spirits and it's a little bit of magic, isn't it? Like, yeah. don't, I guess, exoticise it. Or minimise it. Yeah. Mm. And be like, I'm using fiction to tell you this story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There were two things that felt really truthful to mm. me within... I guess the the power of talking about trauma in this way. Yeah. One of them. So I've got a very close person in my life who self harms, and um, when I was younger, and they tried to explain it to me in terms of how it made them feel better, in terms of it was a release. This book is the first time I've read someone else mm. describe what they were. I mean, describing more poetically as a solution to something, as a coping strategy, yeah. as a release, which is very difficult to understand if that makes no sense to you and you mm. think pain is a negative. And the other thing was that we don't really know why at the beginning but that sex is such a sex itself, even mm. if it was consensual with someone that you might be the attracted boyfriend, to. The boyfriend, Soren, mm. that instant, that I thought that was, yeah, I found it hard to read because it's yes. so good that 
she's sort of it's her first boyfriend and he is nice but then he very slowly becomes really controlling and and she's very christian at this point and she's saying she doesn't want to have Ada sex doesn't want to have sex no, ever. i know i know and it's it, not something that's on offer and then when it the real also the awfulness that she doesn't even realize there's a phrase when she says i realized he had released clouds into me mm-hmm. and she's realized it off way after it's happened and i, I just i just felt so sad Ada. I just felt yeah. like you said sometimes Ada seems to be just so unaware of what's happening that you just feel like oh and then the spirit that arrives to deal with it is Asagara and you're like oh god <laughs> like you yes this person is sort of protecting you but also uh, it's a very distinct protection that offers a lot of damage as well at the same time I think that can often be the human experience mm, yeah, of, an is. overcompensation to take control of the times you weren't in control putting words on human emotional experiences that are so difficult to describe can I read this Asagara bit um, she says wait is this how humans feel to know that you are separate and special to be individual and distinct it's amazing but I had to remind myself that I wasn't human or flesh I was just a self a little beast if you like locked inside Ada still it was nice to be able to move her body and feel things when I came in front no it's a rude bit isn't it when I came in front I moved like those masquerades from her childhood with meat layered in front of my spirit face yeah I, I feel like it's it's weird because there's so many things in the book that I don't feel like I can ever fully understand yeah. and do not relate to and then there are lots of bits which feel incredibly relatable usually mm. in like like the sense of pain and like feeling like a young person and like discovering sets and like putting this sort of like there's a bit where uh ad is talking i think to ewan about how there's always been a mask on when she has sex and at the time i think asagara is probably narrating like the words aren't enough to describe Mm. what's actually happening Mm. that asagara is taking over and like speaking for her and doing these things but i think there's all these times where you watch yourself saying something or walk Mm. into a room and say something to a group of people and you're like who's doing that how am I doing that and it's sort of like a different version of you have you ever had that experience on stage yes (laughs) (laughs) because there can be a sort of you know like a hidden observer Mm. going oh you're coping with this well (laughs) or or the opposite of you're really struggling but you're thinking who's coming up with the words like your mouth is talking back yeah to something and it's odd that your brain can do that yeah it's that that kind of split and I think it's sometimes I mean I think even though when people are like as a stand-up comedian you're so brave I'm like no not true just Mm -hmm. a narcissist with a microphone (laughs) but I think there is that kind of thing where you do have to take yourself outside of whatever you're experiencing in your daily life you are presenting Mm. and this other self you're like how am I going to do this I'm so tired or I'm so sad and suddenly it's like you're being piloted by something else, but also you're yeah. in like, if it's going well, or if you love your show, you're like, that person enjoys it. You're like, oh, thank you for getting me to this place so I yes. can enjoy the oh, show. Yes. But that person probably you don't want to bring into the real world because you had have to talk to your loved ones and like take the bus or pay for things. <laughs> and that person needs to stay yeah. in the stage world. Mm. There are situations where I think the brain is just such an yeah. incredible organ whether it seems like it's working for us or against us. Yes, yes. Maybe it has no moral judgment. It's just going to make you cope. But isn't that interesting, bringing it back to um, Ada, that there's times when they're doing stuff that you think, oh, God, no, like, this is dangerous. But it's it's not that far from the brain protecting you in a confrontation or, mm. in a, you know what I mean? Like, I could see how easily you slip from the 10% that we might do to get on stage and the 50% that they are doing to survive having sex with someone that they haven't agreed to or don't want to because there's some... Yeah, it's mm. it's not hard to imagine it, actually, once you are honest about how much you do it. Well, in that terms of 
the end of the book, which is really redemptive, there's this line about how before you fix, and I'm paraphrasing terribly because obviously their language is really beautiful, but in order to work out how to put someone back together, you have to absolutely pattern out the way that they shattered. Mm, yeah. So destructiveness as part of the process towards healing yeah. was what I took from it, is that it's not clean and pure and non-messy. I definitely agree with that. I felt like it, it just, it felt really powerful. There was mm. like such a power in the end of the book and about the fresh water coming out of their mm. mouth and them understanding oh, who yes, they were and yeah. that sort of not being discordant mm. in that moment a moment of real like all those moments yeah. where everything is alive in them yes absorbing it all together yeah super super powerful and on the note of it being autobiographical um I reached out to Aqueco to tell them how much I loved a different book of theirs yeah so which one was it, it was the second novel the death of Vivek Oji. oh yes the second yeah um, and it was sort of, I was having a, um, a very emotional time. Um, I won't go too much into the plot of mm. that book, but I was like, I'm going back to Ghana and I read your book and like, like I had this experience by a waterfall and I am my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they replied wow. and they were like, oh, I, I already follow you. And, um, that's, 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 that's really cool. That's really special that you had that experience. I met them when they were in London and I was sort of terrified of meeting them because I was like, am I going to meet this like fractured yeah, yeah. person who wants to die um, and is full of these contradictions? And I probably did meet that person, but mm. also they were lovely. We went for ice cream. <laughs> it was very whimsical. <laughs> and I think that um, I think that's where the like danger is in mm. in exoticizing yeah, yeah. the author, because I think there's there's so much like pain and fracturedness and uh discordance and so i think that i don't know how it is doing interviews about um a book that feels so exposing mm. i think that they're just an incredible being to exist yeah i just think that they have such an independent unique worldview on everything yeah and that's what's really intimidating and you realize that there are people whose intelligence just oh it's beyond yeah, yeah. that's how i felt a bit embarrassed yeah. sometimes of like because it is like someone pointing out this like ginormous room you hadn't seen of like actually mm. looks like yeah. this and you're being like oh, i'm so sorry i didn't know that was there i've been looking over you're like, here well, no normally i play in the sand <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a bouncy castle <laughs> oh wow can i read just a bit about gender because i yes. love this so much um this is we talking uh and they are talking about, yeah, when Ada starts mixing feminine and masculine, I suppose, at this point. Just like how having long hair weighing down our back made us want to wear buttons up to our throat, men's sleeves rolled up our biceps, handsome, handsome things. None of this was a new thing. We had been the same since the first birth, through the second naming, the third molting, to make the vessel look a little more like us. That was the extent of our intent. We have understood what we are, the places we are suspended in, between the inaccurate concepts of male and female, between the us and the brother-sisters slathering on the other side. And I was like, that's mm. such a nice way of, like you said, the way they're talking about it, of not, it's this, it's this. It's like, it's always been. It's yeah. always been. And so, so the character of Ada has a very clear idea of how they want to present. Mm. Mm. Especially well, and, towards the end. And, and yeah. in terms of traditional presentations, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, but, yeah. But with a very clear vision of, okay, that's me. Mm. And it doesn't fit into any of those. The traditional, like her family kind of reject her, her cutting her hair and the clothes she wears and 
and then other people, friends reject it being too, you know, they are, like you said, forging a completely new, a new way of being. I do feel like a part of your brain when you read this book is, is like lifted up and you're like, oh, I have never encountered that before. It's like a mind boggling thing to write as your first book. Yeah. Mm. It's so... Like a debut, like that's, yeah, a yes. debut no- like novel. It's, it feels like something that comes from like someone who's lived on the planet for like 65 years and yeah. it's like looking yeah. back on a world that they, they are literally a god so they were like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the matter I read Freshwater because I was like I don't know I think I said something like that was intense except for <laughs> and then they were like yeah when I think about it that was one hell of a debut wow it just gives you a completely different mm. sort of some access into a way of seeing the world and the way that Ada is like forging as you say this new way of presenting themselves that doesn't fit into like oh I'm I'm losing my chest so I'm going to dress more masculine Mm. but it's also like a representation of what they see themselves to be yeah like it's it's like a picture of the divine realm and trying to make that flesh and so it's actually an incredibly old or eternal concept yeah and that's their presentation of like the essence of themselves so they're not like sort of experimenting they're like getting straight to the truest representation of but you're you're right it's old and new so we read it and we think oh this is very new but actually it isn't Mm. a brand new thing that's being offered on the table it is something quite ancient that we recognize that someone is doing yeah we should just be grateful that they don't want to start a cult (laughs) because historically that's what people did oh yeah when they felt 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 themselves as gods well we would sign up all three of us here (laughs) yeah there's still time i would absolutely sign up yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) It is an incredible um, debut novel, and I think, and their other novels are oh, so yes. different. Oh, I think really? that's the thing. They've, they've written so, so many. So many. They, they published two in the same year that Freshwater came out. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's yeah. like off the head, the top of my head, there's one called Pet, yeah. one called The Death of Vivek Oji. Yes. You made a fool of death with your beauty. You made a fool of death, which was the first one that I read. Oh yeah, content yeah, warning, yeah. everything. They're so yeah. prolific. Um, there's poetry it's, it's and their short stories um, turned into. Oh yes, television show. Yeah, as well. who, you, who, who are you auditioning for? Can I, I think. <laughs> look, hear me out. I could give a little uh, Saint Vincent. Yes, I, I was hoping you'd say Saint Vincent. Yeah, Saint Vincent. Saint, yeah. Quite an adorable Saint Vincent. Yeah, cute. Do you remember when cute you used to tie your ponytail over your chin to make a beard? <laughs> when we were in a sketch group called Beard Patrol with Jess Foster-Cute? Yes. yes, I do. <laughs> so you could just do that again for your audition. Yeah, that'd be fine. That's Sophie, that'd be Sophie, who are you going to play? Oh, um, I quite like. Although I think. I'm probably not physically right for the role when Ada is a child um, because they are sort of very close to like their mother and whether they sort of Mm. wriggle on their stomach like a snake instead of crawling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I find that quite like a charming way of movement. I can really tap into my physical theatre. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you want to be the child Ada. Okay. The child Ada. Also, she's very noisy. Okay. Young Ada. Yeah, yeah, right from birth, isn't she? Right she's described birth. as... And they're being like, there's a noisy baby. And she's like, no, I'm filled with everything. <laughs> I'm gods. I'm all gods. I would like to be the dad. Again, this is very sort of, you know, blind casting. <laughs> but I'd really like to be the shit dad. Oh, you like the shit, shit dad? Yes. Shit dad Saul on the sofa. Now I'm not coming to America. I yeah. love also the constant reference to the mum where the spirits are like, oh, look, we, we don't like anyone. But yeah, the mum did carry her, so fair play. Yeah. <laughs> fair play, she's all right, there even was, though she disagrees with us. There was a beautiful line quite near the beginning about her mum having to go abroad to earn the money for the family. And like, this is how you break a child, yeah, you I've take away the yeah. mother. And this Ooh. is how you break a child, you know. Step one, take the mother away. Yeah. Broke. 
I yeah, that's that made me I'd be honest page yeah. 32 I was like I don't know if I can carry on reading because I'm I'm afraid of what is coming towards me mm. but carry on reading do because it is it's an amazing book it's yeah. fucking it's the incredible. kind of book where someone like drags you out of it and you like look up at them with like a thousand yes, yards yeah. there yes. well but sometimes that happens within the writing because there's there's this geography where you're you're dealing with something in let's say a higher realm of description even though we're still talking about human experience and then there will be something so based like the morning after pill yeah mm. yeah and, and so you get dragged back into like this is all the real world this is all yeah. the real world especially yeah. the teenage um american yes. university years where it's kind of drinking and partying and kicking a guy's door down because you're wasted and everyone's like you're crazy and you're like there was a spirit doing that <laughs> you did that once almost oh, excuse me you kicked a door down. I just remembered. No. Oh, well, you were knocking. It wasn't you. It was Asagara. <laughs> That's how our friendship works. If so I was inhabited go. by gods, they like can't keep secrets. <laughs> they can't keep secrets. There, gods. Is, a, there is a there is big a, mouth spirit in there, yeah. just blabbering away. Yeah, yeah. Blabber, yeah. Blabber. I didn't it's just funny. write one Bible. I wrote ten million <laughs> Bibles <laughs> full of everyone's secrets. And then you'll never guess what Jesus did yeah. next, right? Yeah, right. he said he was going to call me, but yeah, it's a brilliant read. It's absolutely brilliant, and. I hope that we haven't like yeah I don't think we put anyone off do you know what I mean it's just it's it's not a like pick it up put it down it's like no it's questioning your reality and it's asking you to do some thinking and I think that's why I did enjoy, really enjoy it at the end because I was like that felt like like I had to not work that sounds wrong but like yeah. I had to really I should say in terms of honesty that I started this book stopped mm, yes and then came back to it and that it's fine to do that with books. Yeah, that's Because true. when I came back, for some reason, whether it was because of the thing I'd read before had been so different that I'd taken a while for my brain to just shift and allow yeah. this language to flow over me. Or sometimes, you know, you're stressed. But I think sometimes we come to books and then go, oh, I can't get into it. And the, the book's yeah. done something wrong. Well, actually, sometimes it's you. And if you come back... I was back, really afraid as a mum, when they started doing stuff with the mum and the child, I was like, I really can't, I don't know if I can cope with what you're going to do. That's why I was so mm. afraid that they were going to do something really horrible. And actually, no spoilers, but like the, the mum is okay. And that's what I really thought like it was going to be some horrible, awful, other horrible things happen. But yeah, and Ado is okay. Yeah, that's what I was like, oh, what is going to happen? And most importantly, Jesus is okay. Jesus is fine. Ishwar, I hope I'm saying Ishwar. that right. W-H-A-N. The role you were born to play. <laughs> oh, sometimes bearded, sometimes not. Yeah, I should say that as well about the pronunciations of lots yes, of the names. Apologies if they are not correct. Only that's one cool. person tweet, yeah, deciding yeah. it's going to be. <laughs> And someone who knows, not just someone who has an opinion about... Yeah, yeah no yeah, opinions, yeah. only facts. And nothing else, just the pronunciation, a recording of the pronunciation, and that's it. I thought um, Hermione was Hermione we Harry Potter until Hermione. the films came out. That's because we didn't go to Oxford. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's embarrassing, Sussex. <laughs> uh. Did you find doing an English degree put you off reading for a bit? Yes, 100%. I, was, I couldn't bear to read. It was... Yeah, it's just sort of terrible. And I think it's it took me at least like a five years cooling down period before I was like, I genuinely enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, I'd say about five years before you can bear to pick up a book without hearing the, I should be reading this. Yeah. And um, you hosted the Booker Prize last year. I did. How was that? I don't know why I said it with such excitement because it was a mixed bag of emotions. <laughs> um, it felt very cool to be asked to host the Booker Prize. I think that they asked me because uh, they think I'm young and hip you are, uh, young and you are young I am young and hip. And you went to Oxford. And I went to Oxford, so they were like, young and hip, and she can read. <laughs> um, Dua Lipa was there. <gasps> yeah, she's Ooh. into books. She's got a book podcast. 
What? Is she? Guys, that's... Is she really for our competition? Yeah, she started her own book podcast and that's why she was at um, Hay Festival. And I saw what? that and was like, oh, is she playing a gig? Because I was interviewing a very brilliant new author called John Ransom and... I was like, I don't want her music to be blaring over while we're silently talking about his queer working class journey. And then they were like, no, she's not like, singing. Do you believe? Yeah. Why are we doing an advert she's, for Julie? Yeah, yeah, book yeah, podcast. It's so cool, guys. Bad. It's so cool. Anyway, she was sitting next to Bernadine Everisto, who was like the person I was like, of course, very yes. starstruck to see. Yeah. And I was also um, very scared to meet Julie because I had the briefing call before the Booker Awards. And at the end of it, they were like, do you know you slagged off Dua Lipa in The Guardian <gasps> yesterday? And I was like, what? no, I didn't. And then they referenced an interview that I'd done months ago before yes. the Edinburgh Fringe that had only just come out. And they ask you like your perfect playlist. And one of the songs that I said, it were like, what song do you get up to switch off? And I couldn't think of anything. So I said Dua Lipa's oh, no. New Rules, which oh, I heard no. on the way back from a gig. And I thought yeah. it sounded like an alphabet song. Yeah. Like a song for kids. Um, and they were like, I was like, oh no, like I wasn't aware of it. And they were like, well, Dua Lipa's team are aware. Oh, no. And I was like, oh no. They need to have more on their pl- plate than her team. <laughs> yeah. Just turn off the Google alert. So I was very scared of yeah. the, yeah, very wonderful, really beautiful Dua Lipa yeah. and sort of avoided. Uh, her gaze when I was doing my funny Aww. jokes at the start. Oh, gosh. Did you did you reference New Rules and say it's an alphabet song mate, <laughs> I really like the song New Rules just for balance. Hey, I love that song but I did put it in a pantomime and we did change the rules to the about the Covid rules because it is the kind of song it is oh, a, yeah, you can get kids singing along to. It's a pop so song. So you're both right yeah. it's a brilliant pop song that's yeah. very easy She's a brilliant kids, so. lyricist when the lyrics are very basic. Yeah. Why am I doing this again? Why am I turning? <laughs> no, I, but, but I still you think the actual, the actual message of how you're going to get over someone if you're under him is really just mm. something to remember at all times it's relevant Um, but the booker was uh, it was cool there's such a thing within books because I think you guys are cool but I think books are weird because they're so personal and private but there comes along like certain books that just like sweep everyone away or like books that are really cult and you can sort of like recognise like oh someone's reading like The Secret History or like Fear and Loathing Mm, and like you have a sort of idea about them and I think like everyone in that room like having that connection but a lot of people being just sort of like really fusty people who love yeah. like massive books about war yeah. <laughs> it's like a sort of like it's yeah sort of like an interesting tense, energy, yeah, yeah, it's, energy. There's, it's so easy to have a snobbery about books and yeah. that's what's great about anything that shows you're not cleverer than anyone else yeah. we all understand things in different ways and there's nothing virtuous about reading it's the same as watching netflix you're just yeah you're getting a told a story and that consumes you a little holiday from your life and i think the trouble is there's so much of the book world which wants to be like, oh, my book's longer. But that's why I think this book is incredible, because I think, like, whatever you've read, you're going to have to come to this and use get some new glasses and be like okay yeah i have to rethink a lot of things and that's yeah. why i love books like this which is like you can't believe oh it's actually like you said it's very like this and i've read this and you mm. can't all your brain is searching going it's not like anything i've read and also if someone told me they were having a particular response to this book that is absolutely right yeah, as any well response, yeah. I'd be like, like, yeah, we, we sure. fear being wrong and it's like if it's magical realism to you then it's magical realism to you yeah. the whole point is your beliefs make it true yeah um i have a last line <laughs> i am tired of pain It's just easier to focus on love and an existence outside this world. At least that feels like freedom. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Sophie. Beautiful. Thank you, Freshwater. Thank you so much to Sophie for joining us. You can find out more about Sophie and her gigs and work if you head to sophieduker.com and you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at sophiedukebox. 
Sarah's book Weirdo is out now. Run, walk quickly, get a light, brisk jog going and head to all good bookshops or just order yourself a copy online. While you're there, Caveat's book You Are Not Alone, A New Way to Grieve is also available. So top and tail us. Next week's book guest for you, Ready Robbins, is Death of a Bookseller by Alice Slater. Thank Thank you you for reading reading with us. us. We We like like reading reading with you. you.